Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Chronicles 17 from the World English Bible. When David lived in his house, David said to Nathan the prophet, Behold, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of Yahweh's covenant is in a tent. Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. That same night, the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David my servant. Yahweh says, You shall not build me a house to dwell in, for I have not lived in a house since the day that I brought up Israel to this day, but have gone from tent to tent, and from one tent to another. In all places in which I have walked with all Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to be shepherd of my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore you shall tell my servant David, Yahweh of armies says, I took you from the sheep pen, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. I will make you a name like the name of the great ones who are in the earth. I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in their own place and be moved no more. The children of wickedness will not waste them any more, as at first, and from the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel. I will subdue all your enemies. Moreover, I tell you that Yahweh will build you a house. It will happen, when your days are fulfilled, that you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up your offspring after you, who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He will build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will not take my loving kindness away from him, as I took it from him that was before you. But I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Then David the king went in and sat before Yahweh, and he said, Who am I, Yahweh God, and what is my house, that you have brought me this far? This was a small thing in your eyes, God, but you have spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come, and have respected me according to the standard of a man of high degree, Yahweh God. What can David say yet more to you concerning the honor which is done to your servant? For you know your servant. Yahweh, for your servant's sake and according to your own heart, you have done all this greatness to make known all these great things. Yahweh, there is no one like you, neither is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. What one nation in the earth is like your people Israel, whom God went to redeem to himself for a people, to make you a name by great and awesome things? in driving out nations from before your people, whom you redeem out of Egypt. For you made your people Israel your own people forever, 
and you, Yahweh, became their God. Now, Yahweh, let the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house be established forever, and do as you have spoken. Let your name be established and magnified forever, saying, Yahweh of armies is the God of Israel, even a God to Israel. The house of David your servant is established before you, for you, my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build him a house. Therefore your servant has found courage to pray before you. Now, Yahweh, you are God, and have promised this good thing to your servant. Now it has pleased you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever before you. For you, Yahweh, have blessed, and it is blessed forever. That is the end of chapter 17. This chapter is parallel to the account that you find in 2 Samuel 7. Right off, we see this comparison of the sturdiness and permanence of wood, cedar, to the flimsy transients, comparatively, of the fabric of the tent. The account of King David building his abode is also at the beginning of 1 Chronicles chapter 14. Here at the beginning, as he's talking about building a house for God, it has some comparison. It has some similarities to when he was wanting to bring the ark back. His motives are right, but he doesn't understand all the things he needs to understand. And then even Nathan, the prophet's reply, is not totally wrong. God is with David. That is clear. But Nathan obviously should have checked with God before he gave an answer for God. Much like David checked with God before the the war with the Philistines in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, we can tell that Nathan is used to being a mouthpiece, a prophet for God, but for some reason he didn't check here. And it is interesting that it's recorded that he didn't check, kind of as an example, I guess, to us. And then God waited until that night to correct Nathan's message. It's kind of like taking Nathan aside for a moment and letting him regather himself after the correction. God doesn't act angry with him at all. He just says, you got it wrong. This is what you need to say. Of course, I always wonder what was the way the word of the Lord came to him, but for some reason, that is left vague many times in the Bible, probably to discourage people from trying to conjure up a word based on the circumstances, which they unfortunately do often enough anyway. But what is clear is that when the word of the Lord comes to someone, they know it's him. Even Balaam knew that. And here in this account, we have the reminder that the prophet-priest-king roles were kept distinct in Israel. It brings to mind that it was Jesus Christ who brought all of those things together in perfect union, all three of those roles. You can read in Acts 3.22 and in 7.37 when it's pointed out that he's Jesus is the prophet that Moses spoke about. And then in Hebrews chapters 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, it talks about Jesus Christ being a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. It also mentions something about this in Psalm 110.4. And then in Luke 1.32 in particular is the promise to Mary that Jesus will sit on David's throne. And that's also mentioned in Matthew 27.11, where Pilate asks Jesus if he is king, and Jesus says, it is as you say. And then also in Acts 2.30. And then, because the church is his body, in 1 Peter 2, 9, we are called a royal priesthood. But note also in verse 5, we are living stones built up 
into a spiritual house. So while God works through the tabernacle and temple in the Old Testament, revealing himself and showing people that he wants a relationship with him and how they should approach him, it is with the church that we see where he really wants to dwell with each person in relationship. He is the first stone, and he is our source of life to make us living stones. So David is told a temple has not been asked for, and it isn't until First Chronicles 22 that we will get the explanation. I couldn't find any prior reference to this reason, so it's not clear when David became made aware of what the reason was. God's statement about the judges here in chapter 17, which was only one king ago at this moment in time when Israel had these judges, makes it clear that he, Yahweh, commanded the judges. They didn't just randomly take power. In verse 7, God emphasizes that David is his servant. He is in no way rejecting David by saying that it's not David's role or place to build the temple. David's not being reprimanded for the battles, battles that God supported, by the way, and directed him in. But because King David's role was warrior, building the temple was not for him. The temple is to be associated with peace, as it says in 1 Chronicles 22. So here in chapter 17, then Yahweh marvelously blesses David with the promise of David's house or dynasty being the one that will produce a ruler whose kingdom will be forever. The prophecy seems to have two levels. It seems to partly refer to Solomon, but more fully refer to Jesus Christ, to the Messiah, hence everyone looking for the son of David in the Gospels. Particularly, there is Jesus quoting Psalm 110.1 in Mark 12, 35-37. This is what it says there. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself called him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. When you combine this with passages like Amos chapter 9 verses 8 through 16, it is apparent that when Paul says in Romans 9, 6 that, They are not all Israel who are of Israel. He means there are the faithful and unfaithful among the Israelite people. Amos says in those verses that Israel will be sifted, the sinners will die, but the good grain will be part of a kingdom that the dynasty of David rules in the land. He is, Yahweh is the God of Israel, as he claims over and over, and he has given those people a land, a promise stated unconditionally and repeatedly in the Bible. Per Amos 9.12, the Gentiles called by his name will also be ruled perfectly by this dynasty, but the land is Israel's. David's response, beginning in verse 16, is one of odd humility, but speaking acceptance, faith, like Abraham believed, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And though David recognizes the greatness of the promise to him, he also, in verse 17, recognizes that it was a small thing, very easy for God to do. He has some good perspective there. In verse 20, David declares his understanding of the truth that One, no one is like Yahweh, and two, there is no other God. And then with verse 22, again repeating that Israel is a people chosen for particular things forever. 
They were not cast aside in the New Testament, but as Jesus describes in Luke 21-24, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled, they will be cast off. Psalm 89 is also speaking of this covenant with David. And in verse 34 of that psalm, it declares that God, God declares that he will not break it, which means he's not going to just give it to somebody else. So again, re-Luke 1.32, Jesus Christ is going to rule on David's throne, which is over the nation of Israel. And then there's a section at the end that's more praises to God, very befitting, obviously, which come across like David is giving a long amen. Yes, so be it. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.